Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Shit Podcast. It's been a minute, but uh, we're happy to be back. I don't want to speak for my uh, my co-host, so I'll let him tell you how happy he is to be back. Tyler, how's it going? It's great, bro. It's opening day season. I know. I'm so excited. Isn't it great? Uh, I just I can't believe it's finally here. It feels like it's been an eternity, and yes. yet... It's only. I feel like it's been less time in a way, but I guess that's just because I've been uh, I've been hungry for this one. I've been ready for a normalcy, some some kind of sense of normalcy, and I feel like we're getting it. But introductions are in order. If you haven't listened to an episode of the podcast before, I am your co-host Drew Wheeler, uh, the Coca Deputy Commissioner and co-host of this podcast. Uh, you can catch me at Twitter on uh, on the tweets. It's at Drew is okay, and I'll let my co-host introduce himself for you. I'm Tyler Jackson. Um, I manage the Rays and real shit, and you can find me on Twitter at at Peppa Jackson 19. Love it. Peppa Jackson. Another story for another time, but a classic <laughs> story. Mm, or a story for never. A story for never is fine with me. <laughs> so uh, before we get started, guys, I'm going to apologize for just one thing. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it over the audio, but uh, Big Money Biden's Big Money Stimmy, uh, the Wheeler household, put that to work, and we bought a new Whirlpool washer and dryer, and that SOB is cranking right now. Nice. So both of them are rolling, so you may hear a little bit of hmm in the background. If not, ignore me. I'm just making stuff up, but if you can hear it, then I apologize. So, let's uh, let's see, Tyler. Tell me, buddy, uh, what have you been doing to fill the void since uh, since baseball has been done, the MLB at least? Well, um, I got married about two months ago, so I'll let what? you uh, I'll what? let you figure that out. <laughs> what married? Yep. What? How'd that go? Um, it's been good so far. You know, I'm not like divorced or anything yet, so I'd say it's positive. Every yeah. day, that's the goal, man. Just don't get divorced. Every day. <laughs> yeah. It's worked well for me so far. So, How long has it been for you now? Let's see. I got married on 11-5-16, so this year okay. will be five years on 11 Awesome. That's awesome. It is. Thank you. I'm very, very blessed. Very lucky. And uh, you, yours is, uh, let's see, your anniversary will be the, what was it, the 11th? Is that right? It was uh, January the 30th. 30th. I don't know where I got 11th from. Yeah. Yep. So tomorrow is two months. So we've made it. Well, way to go. As you guys are listening, wish Big Jack Daddy and Big Jack Mama a happy anniversary. (laughs) I'm never, never going to call her Big Jack Mama. (laughs) Let's see. What? We got to figure something out then. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. You you know, I think she'd take that the wrong way. That's, that's, that's understandable. (laughs) You guys ride in with uh with nickname suggestions there. We got to use Jack and Mama and somewhere in there. I, y'all y'all figure that out. Mama Jack. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so uh, we've talked about what's new with us. Uh, you know, buddy, I feel like we should conquer the other bit of newness in the room, if you will. Uh, so as you know, uh, if you are a longtime listener, last season of the Real Shit 
baseball podcast, you heard me uh, reminisce isn't the right word. Uh, reminisce with me, though, to hear the musings of Drew Wheeler getting really pissed at one certain manager who didn't care at all about this league. Uh, rip hard to the Pirates. And now in his place, we welcome Mr. Scott Allen, who manages the Marlins. He took over the Pirates. He's now the Marlins. Welcome, Scott. Indeed. Scott has been uh, – uh, you'll have to tell any any stories of your dealings with him, but Scott thus far has been very friendly, <clears throat> easy to reach. It uh, seems like he has a solid plan for the season. Uh, he's stuck to it pretty well, and I'm happy to have him. Yeah, um, he's been a, a true gentleman on the pro board site. That and uh, I think he's got some pretty big balls because I don't know if he does this intentionally, but he loves to throw out his offers like right out in front of everybody. Oh, my God, I know. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of um, – dude, I'll never forget it. Like I think it might have been our second offseason. It may have been before you were – before you were in the league or maybe your first season. I don't remember. But – I remember Mike Mariners, he just popped off to Dalton once. He was like, yo, let me get a, he was like, let me get Trevor Rosen, or he was like, Trevor Rosenthal for somebody. And it was, I mean, I was just like bum fuzzled. I was like, holy hell, like he's, we're doing, like we're doing this. And I mean, some leagues, obviously, you know, especially deep leagues, they have like chat box features. And I mean, like there's discord servers, like there's, there's probably all kinds of very public mm-hmm. trade discussion. And I mean, anyway yeah you're right that's that's ballsy bro yeah yeah but yeah scott's been great so far i would i would say so too i would say so too and uh on the train of newness we do not stop with scott uh we over the off season lost uh sergio uh the divorce was rough tyler i know that last season i referred to him as my boyfriend regularly the divorce was rough uh between me and sergio uh but i have found a new love and his name is Dan. Dan has taken over the Diamondbacks and has renamed them the Padres, Mr. Dan Nicholson. Uh, Seattle, a Seattle boy, our second Seattle boy in the league. Um, I would say it's a good year to rename your team the Padres. I would agree. Uh, it is certainly a good a good year. The The force was strong with that move, I'll say. Yes, yes. But yeah, Dan, Dan he's been great too. He's got a lot of ideas and um, I just kind of feel bad because sometimes – he just throws all these like ideas at me, and I'm like, "Hang on a second, dude! I got way too much going on for all these text messages <laughs> right now." <laughs> you know, Dan is certainly he's he's got a plan as well, and I think this, it's it's really interesting that you've had uh, two new managers jump into the league, and um, I know this episode isn't really like an off season recap. That may be a decent idea for the future, but. Um, it's, it was interesting to see both new managers come in with some version of a very similar plan. They both went very youth-oriented and uh, mm-hmm. had lots of cap space that they did differing things with. And, I mean, at this point, you know, we're looking at two guys that have absolutely switched up the landscape with their teams and made them very much their own. Yeah, they have, and uh, I'm excited to see where they both go. Um I don't know. I feel like there's been other people before that have tried this and it's worked. But yeah. then on the other end, there's been people that have tried this and it kind of blew up in their face. So you're right. we're going to see. We shall see indeed. But again, a big welcome and a big hello uh, for Dan and to Scott for their first episodes of the Real Shit podcast. <clears throat> and we're happy to have you guys and hope y'all are listening and enjoying it. 
We'll have to have them both on sometime. Yeah, that would be fun. I know. Uh, <clears throat> I know Rodello's last season uh, <clears throat> was his first season was last year, right? It was. Yeah, and we had him on. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, like midway through, right around his mm-hmm. like really big hot run where he was at the top of the NL. Yeah, that was a fun interview too. It was. That was a great interview, and just all of us getting chatting. I mean, you and him were friends, but in anyway, we're getting off topic. We'd love to have Scott on the podcast. We'd love to have Dan come on the podcast. So you guys just remind me, and we will set some kind of date with me and you and Tyler. Uh, we'll figure something out. So uh, Tyler, I love being a third wheel. Well, you're not so much a third wheel because I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, in the uh, in the brand new theme song that you heard at the beginning of this episode that your your boy Drew has mixed for us, it's a brand new brand new season, brand new theme song. You have been promoted from uh, Tyler from guest co-host to you are official co-host now. Wow, are you serious? You are. Congrats. Sorry, I mean, I dropped the bomb I, on you. No, it's okay. I mean, you know, I I love the song, and I just but I just didn't know if you were just being nice. No, you are officially the co-host. I couldn't do this without you. You motivate and inspire me to do it and do it better. So thank you very much. Hey, love you, bro. Love you too. So uh, you're certainly not a third wheel. I would say that we would comprise a tricycle of excellence with either Scott or Dan, but you and I are certainly the front wheels steering the ship. They may just Uh, be the back wheel that kind of creaks along and makes this whole thing interesting. I got you. That didn't really sound complimentary, but we're going to move along. It was an analogy nonetheless. So we have talked what's new. We've talked who's new. And now, Tyler, uh, we're going to kick it to one of my favorite parts of the show, one of your favorite parts of the show, because it's one of your favorite things to say. And it's a recurring theme. So if you're you're a guest at home that's been listening, you know what's coming. You talking about past Drew? Not past Drew. We're talking about what happens at the start of every Oh, crap. I'm sorry. Top first. It is top first. Indeed. Past Drew, uh, just speaking of which, I heard Past Drew has got some, uh, I heard he's gotten some work in over spring training, bro. Is he in the best shape of his life? We we might hear him reference something like that. I don't know. Uh, if, if Past Drew is anything like current Drew, he is actually probably in not quite the worst shape of his life, but nowhere near the best. So we'll have to get well, to that. Don't forget, that's my favorite part of the show. Well, that that is your favorite. You're right. I'll have to re- I'll have to reference that in future show notes. But uh, so we'll talk what happened. So the last time you and I spoke, I actually listened to our last episode maybe about a month ago, uh, just listening and trying to get you know hyped up for the draft and for the tra- transaction deadline and for the league and just ready. I was ready for real shit baseball, and we have not given the listeners who aren't a part of the league who I I would imagine there are a few out there. I hope there are. Um, we haven't given them the update on what happened. So let's give a quick playoff mm. recap. And Tyler, uh, after each round, if you want to throw in some factoids or just some thoughts, that's fine. Uh, so in the first semifinal matchup, which was in essence an AL championship game, you had, uh, let me pull up the exact numbers there. I've got them here. We had the one seed athletics taking on the four seed Mariners and athletics pulled it out. Seven to five. That, to my knowledge, was Athletics' closest match all year to that point. Um, pulled it out though. In the end, the big dog, Athletics, pulled it out over Mariners seven to five. And then in the other semifinal, the two seed Braves defeated the three seed Phillies eight to four in the NL Championship. One may say it doesn't always work out that way. Where two AL and two NL teams play in the semis, but I thought it was kind of neat and pretty fitting. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, going back to the AL quote unquote championship game, uh, it was seven to five. Mm-hmm. Um, I will throw this out there. Uh, <laughs> Athletics won the ERA um, uh, category three point eight one to Mariners three point eight two. Oh my gosh! So yeah, and then Mariners actually won the batting average two sixty three to two fifty nine. So it was close. That is close. I Very close. Well, yeah. I will go ahead and pull up the uh, statistics for the final. Because uh, the final, if you're paying close attention, guys, it was the NL champion Braves, the AL champion Athletics, uh, two two teams that just did awesome all year. And it was the Braves. Our, our fearless commissioner, Freddie Culver, finally ascended to the mountaintop, man. He has been the bridesmaid so long, and now he is the bride. And here he comes. Eight to four over athletics. Um, yeah, it was a, a pretty solid effort offensively for Freddie's mm-hmm. Braves mm-hmm. in the championship game. Um, yeah, his offense pretty much went off. Uh, I feel kind of bad for Paul because, I mean, he his offense didn't have a bad week. It's just that, man, Freddie's team picked a good week to uh, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So in the pitching categories, um, it, Freddie, it really just ended up being like that he had more innings, he had more guys going. Yeah. So he was able to accumulate more quality starts, wins, and strikeouts. And so that put him over the top. Certainly. Man, you got to, I mean, you got to give credit where it's due. Sal Perez, uh, Jose Ramirez, Adalberto Mondesi, eight RBIs each. That is mm-hmm. ignorance. Mm-hmm. Just stupidness. And I mean, she, two, Mondesi two had Royals. five steals. Yep. And I mean sure Paul did. only won steals by one. That could have been a nine to three. And, oh, oh, what a what a what a championship. And man, it was it was tough to see Paul lose in, in the final, you know, to to stumble at the last block. But in a way, again, it is sweet to see Freddie finally take that leap and to ascend to the mountaintop. Yeah, and I know it's frustrating for Paul because I know he mentioned this like a week or two ago that I mean his team last year, it was week in and week out the best team. Um Probably, I mean, it's probably true, because so, like, yeah. like you said, um, you know, that was uh, the week before in the semifinals. That was his closest game until yeah, the championship I mean, game. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, he played some teams extremely close. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, damn it, I, I keep telling myself we need to keep the controversy to a minimum on these episodes. But I'm going to go ahead and just – we're going to go ahead and shoot this bullet here. Um, uh, something else we're going to talk about in just a moment while we're recapping is going to be the uh, – the league awards, which uh, mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and call them since uh, it was supposed to have been called Friday. So we'll go ahead and announce those officially here. Uh, but anyway, in his, in his notes, Paul referenced that uh, one player can't make or break a team and that Tatis was arguably the best player in baseball and the team was trash. I find that odd because this team that was trash, Kyle's Yankees nearly defeated him until like a Sunday extravaganza from Paul. I just, you you are correct in that Paul's team was probably the best. Paul's athletics were probably the best all year on an average basis, but could have gotten caught, had some close calls, and I think was probably biting nails a lot more often than he would want people to believe. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just it's just so hard to be dominant week in and week out it is. in this kind of league. It's so hard. So. 
It definitely is. It absolutely is. Um, and I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of a former champion. Like it's, it's incredibly hard. And a champion well, whose I mean, team compared to Paul's in that way, like it was a, it was a week in week out thing for me, where it was, you know, yeah. every week, if I'm not mistaken, with the exception of one or two, was a win. And mm-hmm. top of the top of the ranks, every it's it's hard, and that that target feels even worse, and it feels so uh, just horrible. It's a terrible yeah. feeling. So, well, and then that year that you won, I mean, you know, Alex's Cardinals got to the championship game, yeah, and he was the number six seed, and you know that was a close game. Oh yeah, like you were sweating absolutely. it at the end, big absolutely. Time. I, there's no way around it. No way around it. It was absolutely. And and the every week, and I don't want to discredit anybody because everybody every week, it's 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 horrifying, especially mm-hmm. if you're on top, especially if it's like, you know, because the, the last episode we did was talking playoff ramifications. I mean, we broke down very intricately the the percentage chances of people making the playoffs, and well, what if this? What if this? And it, brother, yeah. it was. Anyway, anyway. Now you listen to that episode that we did. How close were we to being correct? We called it just about flat on, man. Um, Sweet. We knew that the Phillies-Yankees winner would qualify. We knew that Mariners, if everything shook out, would qualify because a lot of the long shot type things would have required a team uh, a team handling business themselves but then had a lot of qualifying things like for other teams to do. And so it just, you know, there, there was really no shot. We, we pretty much cemented Freddie and Paul. We pretty much cemented the Giants-Phillies winner, which ended up being Phillies, and we called that. And then Mariners, we were fairly certain, would get in unless there was some kind of a fluke from a Yankees or a Blue Jays team. But um, mm. but anyway. Uh, and then, of course, the third-place matchup. We won't take as much time on that. The Phillies did win 7-4 over the Mariners. Uh, that was a hell of a game. Mike uh, brought the pain. Looking back at it, his ERA was just really killer that week. Had six saves. Uh, my guys, it looks like uh, just had better quality starts, honestly. And then the offensive categories, um, Mike had a ton of steals. Did great. His average was better than mine. And for you know, my team is Ooh. generally based on average, which is an odd thing. Uh, but the power numbers, the homers and RBIs, I feel like I really pulled ahead. So. But a tight, yeah. a tight game nonetheless, um, and a great way to end the season for me and for Mike. You know, Mike was my choice for champion last year, and finishing fourth is a great, great way to end the season. I agree. A truly, truly great way to end the season. And let's kick real quick to the um, – <coughs> excuse me, pardon me, my friend. Um, let's kick it to the consolation real quick, and I'll just really quickly jaunt through that. Okay, so in the consolation for uh, – Last season, we had the Cubs beat the Blue Jays 8-4 to four to qualify for fifth place. Giants beat the Yankees on a 6-6 tie. I believe it was a tiebreaker. Um, yeah, there would have been a tiebreaker there. And then we had, uh, in the fifth place game, Giants beat Cubs 8-3. to three. And then in the seventh place game, Blue Jays beat Yankees 8-3. to three. So essentially, we, got, we have a top four for each division that way. Uh, if you want to look at it that way. So that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And congratulations to both Giants and Blue Jays on those wins. Uh, pretty awesome. And that's how we ended the 2020 season with Freddie on top and hit it into uh, what turned out to be a very active and raucous <laughs> offseason of uh, rule discussion and new managers coming in and all kinds of trades. 
Like as of right now, my man, we are at 106 trades for Holy the season, crap. and uh, we do have two of them. So uh, I'll pull those up that we can discuss in just a minute. But uh, actually, tell you what would be really awesome. Do you have the league pulled up? I do. Can you go through trades 105 and six while I'm tallying up the final scores on the uh, on the awards? Yeah, please do. Go Let's ahead. see. So, um. I think the first trade that was made post-draft was uh, between Giants and Marlins. Um, and I'm not sure if there was any money involved, but uh, there, Giants... Yes. Go ahead. That, there was money? Okay. Um, Giants is trading away, so Marlins is getting Brad Hand, the presumed closer for the Nationals, and Kyle Schwarber, presumed starting left fielder for the Nationals, and uh, Giants is receiving Tyler Miley, uh, who's in the starting rotation for Cincinnati. Yes, absolutely. Um, and the money aspect of that is just that it's cap neutral. Um, okay. So why don't you go ahead and give us some thoughts on that one, buddy? What do you think? Um, well, I can see uh, Clay's definitely just wanting some more pitch in depth. Uh, Miley is actually a pretty big um uh, pick this year to kind of break out in some ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, he pitched w- really well last year. Um, in 47 and two-thirds innings, he had a 3.59 ERA and a 1.15 whip. Um, and 60 strikeouts in 47 and two-thirds innings, so that's pretty good. Um, I like that. And he's going to – yeah, and the, I think I like the Reds are probably going to rely on him some more this season because they've lost Bauer. Um, so – so yeah, that was a that was a good um, starting pitcher get for Clay, and then Marlins is really just uh, he's adding a closer, mm-hmm. and I would say an elite ish closer. Um, yeah, you know yeah. it's still hard. It, it's hard to know how good the Nationals are actually going to be this year because I think the National League East is one of the best divisions in baseball. So, um, in some divisions, you know the Nationals might be the best team. But in the East, they could very easily be the last place team at the end of the season. So, um, not sure how many save chances Hand is really going to get. But when he is in there, he's going to be good. And then Schwarber, um, you know, he, he's got power. Um, he just doesn't hit a lot. So, um, yeah, we're going to see. I guess I guess uh, Scott wants to take a flyer on Schwarber, see what he can do at a new, in a new team, a uh, new city. So, so, yeah, I think it was a good good trade for both guys. Definitely. I agree with you. Um, I think that – let me just real quickly pull that up. I think it was interesting, the uh, the cost for Tyler Molly, And I think that, again, you know, you'll hear us all season reference what the cost for pitching is. And I think what makes it even more interesting is that it's controllable pitching. So a $1 – or I'm sorry, a one-year $6 Tyler Molly and Molly right offhand, I'm going to say he's not 30. I'm not going to go bother to look it up completely, but I know he's a young guy uh, in relative terms. He returns yeah. a Kyle Schwarber and a Brad Hand, a closer and a batter who, I mean, has every – I mean, it's a non-zero chance to be a top, you know, 200 batter, top 150 batter in Schwarber. Certainly has the power. And for a Marlins team that has some uh, – I'll, I'll say notable holes to fill. I think these are two great things. I mean, Hand and Chapman is a great closing core. Schwarber slots mm-hmm. in automatically to the outfield. I, I think it's a good move for both guys. And Giants gets another great arm, another quality arm to put in his stable, and it's it's controllable. Yeah. 
I agree. And uh, Clay is building a pretty good uh, pitching staff over there, if I remember he, correctly. He sure is. Um, so he's got Darvish, and he's got Bauer. Uh, Bauer. That's his. That's his other tower. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I mean, he's got Bundy. He's got. Uh, yeah. Let's see. He kept a couple of good guys. He he won't he won't let us forget that he's got Bundy. No, he will not. Um, he picked up Odorizzi in a trade yes, right before yes, the draft. He did. Um, let's see. Elisir Hernandez for the Marlins is a, a really big uh, breakout candidate. Um, <clears throat> Brad Brad Keller is the opening day starter for yep. the Royals. Uh, Brady Singer, he's a he's a good he's a good guy to put a flyer on. I mean, he's young and he he pitched pretty well last season, um, despite being a rookie. So yeah, I think it was a good. It was a good trade, especially if Clay is trying to go for it, which I think he is. So certainly, I mean, he has no reason not to. So at this point, he's mm-hmm. yeah, he has no reason not to. So anyway, why don't you go ahead and hit us with that other one, and we'll get to that. Uh, now the other trade was really interesting. I thought um, it's between two guys who want to contend this year. It's the Cardinals and the Yankees. Um, Yankees received Kike Hernandez. And, and I know he's on a $1 deal one year. Um, and the Cardinals received Martin Perez, who I assume is on a one-year, $1 deal. They are completely equal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I actually, I was talking to Alex, uh, Cardinals manager, about this trade earlier today. And um, I know that he was excited after the draft that he got Kike because Kike is um, going to be the leadoff hitter yes. for Boston. And, you know, he's got – multi-position eligibility. Um, he's a spark plug kind of guy. Um, he gets on base. And I, and I think that Red Sox lineup this season is kind of underrated as a whole. Mm. So I think top uh, hitting at the top of that lineup would have been really good for Kike. Um, but he said that he really liked um, getting some more depth, some innings guys. And Martin Perez is one of those guys. Um, we know that uh, – the Red Sox are kind of short on starting pitchers right now. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Sale is still uh, trying to come back from Tommy John. Oh, they sent Tanner Houck down for, yeah, to the yeah, minors. Yeah, they did. So, which was crazy to me, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, you know, they're rolling with Eovaldi, Martin Perez, Garrett Richards. Um, I can't even remember who else they got. So, um but, yeah, so the Red Sox are going to be leaning on Perez. So, uh, Alex wanted a guy who he knows is going to get some mm-hmm. innings. He's playing behind a team that has mm-hmm. a good offense. So, he's going to be in line for wins, hopefully. Whereas, Kyle got a guy who, you know, Kike's kind of tough because he's always played for the Dodgers. So, he's never had just a straight full-time, like, hey, you're the Correct. leadoff guy. You're going to be playing every day kind of um, job. And now mm-hmm. he is. And so I wonder how high of a ceiling Kike actually yeah. has. It's going to be interesting to see so. exactly what can happen. I mean, you got to consider it in terms of like uh, when the Dodgers let a guy go from that huge log jam of positions they have. Is it going to be a Verdugo? Is it going to be a Kenta Maeda? Will it be a Ross Stripling? I mean, what's, what's going to happen? And, I mean, you've got guys like mm-hmm. now Kike and Jock Peterson who are going to be kind of spreading their wings outside of that uh, Dodgers system. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll flourish yeah. with, you know, a little bit more of a leash. 
I think mm-hmm. it's an interesting trade, and I think you hit on some really interesting notes. Real quick, uh, the uh, Red Sox projected five, according to roster resource, is Nathan Eovaldi, Garrett Richards, Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta, and Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. I forgot. See, Rodriguez is hurt, too. So I'm curious to see. He's got a dead arm. I'm curious to see what the – I'm sure they'll go with four guys for a minute. But um, let me look real quick. I mean, Sale, I'd say, is uh, second half of the season. I think he's – I think he's due back early June. But um, the last time I looked, he hadn't actually started throwing off a mound yet. So, who knows? I'd say, yeah, Tanner Houck and Connor Siebold will be – some interesting names to be catching and uh, watching, you know, go forward. Should any injuries yeah, and, befall, um, or should, <laughs> should Ed Rod not be able to compete? I, I think this maybe is a, a little, uh, little sub note here, but Cardinals actually got Hauk in the draft. So if anything, he's going to get, get a guy like Perez who is at least going to be in the rotation mm-hmm. until someone like Hauk gets called up. Edging his bets. And so, so, yeah, yeah. So it's it's I a agree. smart move. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to clarify. Yeah, Alex also – Cardinals also got Garrett Richards. So he's kind of just hedging That's bets right. on, uh, <clears throat> on the Red Sox rotation. Yeah. And he, they were and all he, cheap, oh, though. Yeah, I mean, combined, Richards, $1. Uh, Hauk, $2.00. Now a dollar for mm-hmm. Perez, uh, yeah. Uh, went for Xander Bogarts. He got Ben and Tendy. He got John. Le- what is with? <laughs> we're changing his team name to the new National League Red Sox. The Cardinals will be wearing Red Sox henceforth. So, Tyler, my buddy, I've got the results from the 2020 Real Shit Year End Awards voting. Oh, baby. Here we go. Let's talk about it. Let's go. In the voting for the 2020 Real Shit Most Valuable Player, finishing third place with one half vote, Mookie Betts. Clap, 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 clap. Finishing second place with two votes, Ronald Acuna Jr. with two votes. Clap, 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 clap. The winner, the most valuable player in the Real Shit League, for the 2020 season. From the New York Yankees, it is Mr. Fernando Tatis Jr. with two and a half votes. Clap, 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 clap. Congratulations to Kyle and to Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm seeing from the producers Tatis could not be here to accept this honor. We'll have to send him the award. Uh, yeah, no. Darn. That invite must have got lost in the mail. I was really hoping you were going to get to meet him. Moving on to the Cy Young of the 2020 Real Shit Cy Young Award winner. Okay, finishing third place with one half vote is Trevor Bauer. In second place with one vote, Jacob DeGrom of the Toronto Blue Jays. And the first place Mm. finisher of the St. Louis Red Sox Cardinals. With three and a half votes, it's Mr. Shane Bieber. Nice. That one seemed uh, seemed to be inevitable, and it happened yep. all the same. So, uh, congratulations to Alex and to Shane Bieber. I hear. Let me see. Bieber, now, Bieber is here. No, he's not here. Bieber is not here. The producer tells wow. me he also could not make it. Too bad. Now, for our listeners who aren't in the league, we just want to say that you know, yeah, Shane Bieber was probably the best pitcher in baseball last year, and Tatis arguably was the best player. Like. 
you know, position mm-hmm. player in baseball. Um, but um, part of our voting process goes into contracts and in our league. And am I being, am I, I'm correct. Yeah. Right? I mean, people are encouraged to vote yeah. with um, people are encouraged to vote with whatever criteria they choose. And a lot of the time people do take into account the contracts because I mean, a player can be yeah. incredible, but if you're paying more for them, are they valuable? Are they more mm-hmm. valuable than a, a player who does the same thing or 80% of that for less money? Probably not. It's uh, interesting how people choose to vote and the rationale people vote with are uh, are always very, very interesting to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tatis, I think, was on a $6 contract last season. Uh, yes, he was. And Bieber was on an $11 contract. So, is that right, or was he you, 16? You are correct. He was 11. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, in my opinion, those are probably really easy. I know Acuna is really good, too, but he was five, uh, $5 more. He was 11 last season. And that can make a big, diff, big, a big difference. You're absolutely so. right. You are absolutely correct on that, my friend. And well said, if I may be so bold, well said. So. Looking at my show notes, my man, that pretty much recaps us on what's going on, what happened. So uh, what we've decided to do is we're going to break down, you you read the title, we're going to break down the 2021 Real Shit Draft uh, team by team, but because we got some time constraints, guys, we're going to give you one player each that we like that a team drafted. I don't know what you may be thinking. Hey, hold on. My team only drafted one player. That's okay. We're going to talk about players that you have as well. I know what you'd be thinking. Hey, I only drafted two guys. That's okay. We'll talk about some guys you've got too. We'll talk about guys off that record, off that, so that we're talking about, you know, guys people drafted. But if you've got a deeper team, if you didn't have as many draft picks, we'll take care of you. Don't you worry. We'll take care of you. Me and Tyler have got a plan. Got a plan for you. But, Tyler, I'll let you throw it, man. It's your favorite part of the show. It's coming up. We're going to throw it to Pastor Drew. We're going to hear what he's got to say. Generally speaking, he speaks about Anchor. So I imagine you're going to hear a little bit about Anchor, our favorite podcasting service. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and throw it to the man. Pastor Drew's going to talk it up, and then we'll be right back here to break down the 2021 Real Shit Draft. Here we go to my man. Not my favorite Drew, but my second favorite Drew, Pat. That rascal Pastor Drew. Went ahead and got a new background track, working on all of his pitches, and especially the pitch for Anchor. Makes me want to go out and record a podcast. He got a new background track. He did. Well, I mean, it was, it was, sounded very retro, very, very baseball. Nice. That's crazy. Crazy stuff. I love Pastor, man. I love that guy. He's okay. He is okay. I'm I'm just glad. I'm glad he's doing okay. Me too. You know, I thought that demotion to AAA last year was really going to tear him up, but I think he's taking it in stride. You know, once once he comes back, I think he'll be pretty set. We'll have to wait and see what happens with him. We will. So, speaking of what we're going to have to wait and see what happens, we're going to have to wait and see what happens long term with the results of the 2021 Real Shit Draft. But, for the here and now, we can absolutely break it down. And I think we're going to do that right about now. Because we have got a chunk of stuff to talk about. So, Tyler, why don't we start right at the top, man? We'll start with the 
the Houston Astros, Mr. Sean Lewis's team. Uh, he had a hell of a draft picked up. Let me just count them real quick. He got 12 guys. <laughs> Jeebus. Drafted 12 guys. Uh, I, I highly doubt Sean's going to hear this, and I really don't want Sean to turn into this year's Pirates, but, I mean, he, you know, he's been kind of a flake for a while now. He, uh, he did have a pretty good draft, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, as, as much as it burns my soul to say it, he, he had a great draft. I mean, yeah. a really great draft. So, so I'll, uh, I'll jump off if you don't mind. Yeah. Let me, let me jump the gun and bury the lead. How about a St. Louis Cardinal Paul DeJong for $5, a two-year $5 Paul DeJong? What the hell were we doing? Yeah, I'm telling you, that's gonna. It might be a pretty good pickup because that lineup just got better. I don't know if you ever heard of Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. I the name rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the Cardinals traded for him over the offseason. No big deal. I heard they gave. I look. I heard it was a hefty price. I heard they had to give up several peanuts and a few cracker jacks to get him. Yeah, the Cracker Jacks almost made the deal uh, not happen. But in the end, the front office just gave the Rockies what they wanted. And thank God the Rockies were kind enough to include, oh, you know, just a couple bucks, 50 million of them, to uh, to let the trade go through. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, DeJong, on his own, an incredible power bat, though. And I think that he's going to be – let me just get that number real quick. Like, But, I mean, a power bat for sure. He is going to be batting, yeah, right in the cleanup spot behind, oh, Goldschmidt, Arenado, a couple NL West killers, just casually in the central now. I think it's DeJong, and that's the pick I'm going to make. Who you got for Astros? Who do you like? Um, I, Real quick, I think that Grandal picking him up for 11 bucks was a pretty good one um, just because catcher is so shallow. But yeah. a guy who I wanted really bad and that, he stole from me, like flat out stole from me because I just didn't have enough money there at the end was Colton Wong. Um, Colton Wong is, you know, we all know how awesome he is defensively at second base, but um, he historically, he has just destroyed baseballs at Miller park or whatever it's called now. And um, it's not Miller park. I'm pretty sure that they – it's something else. It might Maybe it's next season. But, yeah, I think I heard that. Yep. Yep. Damn I'll it. look that up. I'll look it up in a minute. But, Damn um, it. I know. It's stupid. But, uh, but yeah, I think Colton Wong is going to take a couple of steps forward offensively this season. Okay. And, yeah, he's going to be – he's going to move up the second base fantasy rankings real quick. I buy it. Okay, and, for sure. Yeah, and he got him for four bucks. So I, it was he was someone I really wanted. So, like personally speaking, it's hard to talk about. But sure, um, sure. you know, yeah, I think that was a really good pickup. We're gonna have a couple of those, I'm sure. So those ones that just hurt an extra lot. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to uh, our second place finisher, the silver medalist, the AL champion, Paul Little, and his Oakland Athletics. Tyler, I'll let you take the first crack at this one, man. Since I jumped the gun on the first set. Let's see. Um, let me get over to his team real quick. I'm sorry. Sure. No, take your time. Um, let's see. He picked up Paul had ten, ten guys. Yeah, ten guys to pick. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think – I really like Trey Mancini. Um, I don't know if he's going to be where he was um, in 2019, but I think he's a great story. Everyone knows he had cancer, and he's beaten that, and now he's – I mean, he's back to baseball. He's back full, full go. Yeah. And so hats off to him for everything he's done. And I do hope that he does well. Um, I think 13 bucks is probably pretty fair for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say my, uh, my projection and I, I usually will run projections and assign dollar values to every player. My projection had him at $14. 14. So yeah, right on target. Well, I think another guy who is actually going to pay pretty good, pretty good on the contract. I know, Paying four dollars for a guy, a relief pitcher that you don't know if they're going to close or not, is kind of high. But he got Lucas Sims for four bucks, and I think Lucas Sims is really good. I still think he might could start one day, but I think as a relief pitcher in Cincinnati, he's really coming to his own. Absolutely. And if he does get the chance to close, then I think he's just going to take that job and run away with it. So I, think I really right. like that pick. I think you're right. Uh, well. You hit on some really good ones, but, you know, the guy who I look at and see as having the most value, and that's something that I looked at yesterday uh, before I knew we were even going to record today, is that uh, I wanted to see how guys did in comparison to one another, who, according to my values, were were steals. And Paul's most <laughs> most successful bargain was done at the end of the draft when nobody could do anything but sit there and watch. When he got a $1 Chris Taylor, who is going to play multiple positions for the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, if you give the guy 500 plate appearances, which I think is a safe bet, he's going to play all over. We're looking at you know 15 homers, 6 to 8 steals, 65 runs in RBIs each, something like a 250 average with potential mm-hmm. to be better play solid defense and did I mention that he is on a two year one dollar contract throw up in my mouth this is exactly what doesn't need to happen for the guy who smashed teams all last year who survived the close games and who very nearly was a champion this is not what needs to happen all of us should be ashamed I um I just am having flashbacks because this is Paul and uh, do you remember a couple seasons ago who he got on a $1 deal? Uh, who are you referring to? DJ LeMahieu. Oh, geez. Yeah. See, that's – yeah, yeah. I remember everybody complimenting oh, LeMahieu and how, wow, you know, LeMahieu could be pretty good with the Yankees. We'll see what happens. LOL, OL, 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 OL. <laughs> MVP candidate. Yeah, MVP candidate. And, and we're not – I mean, that real shit and real life. Like, that's – yeah, absolutely yeah. an MVP candidate, so. Let's move on to another power in the AL, and that's uh, John Mayles Blue Jays. Hey, John, hope you're listening. Hope you're having a good day, buddy. Let's see. I'll jump the gun and get going on John Mayle. I'm going to pick Justin Upton. So, I mean, he he may as well be one of the most kind of – is boring vet an insult whenever you're going to have a guy that hits fifth in a lineup that's – I mean, I, I'm going to say great. I love Fletcher. Otani is a beast. Trout 
still the best player in baseball. Rendon is amazing. I... Upton, yeah. Again, I'm gonna let's let's give him five fifty plate appearances. I mean, clear twenty five homers, seventy five seventy five is maybe a little reachy for runs RBIs. He's not dead on the base path yet. Average two thirty. Does that sound fair, Tyler? Oh yeah, it'd probably be higher than that. Okay, okay. A dollar, a dollar to John. And I refuse to talk about any pitching he got because, as you know, uh, one of my favorite quotes from the draft, three things in life, Tyler, death, taxes, John Mayle drafts a pitcher. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I'm tempted to touch on one of his pitchers and Zach sure. Davies. Do it. Uh, I, well, I do think that it was good value at $9. I think Davies has always been kind of underrated. Yeah. Um, but I, going from San Diego to uh, – Wrigley Field is a big difference. Oh yeah. So I don't know how much of an effect that will have. I don't. I don't know enough about Davies to know if he's a ground ball guy or a fly ball guy. But if he's a fly ball guy, that's not good. But if he's a ground ball guy, it probably doesn't really matter. But um, also, I do think that getting Wilson Contreras at fifteen bucks was a pretty good deal. Mm. Um, catching is so 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 shallow. Um. I mean, JT Romuto went for $27. And, uh, I mean, we know he's arguably the best catcher in baseball. But Contreras is, I mean, I, I think usually he's in the rankings. I mean, he's top 10, probably close to top five when it comes to fantasy catchers. So uh, getting him for $15 was a great um, a great get. And is he, is he on a $2, I mean, a two-year deal? Or is it just one? Let me look. I'm not sure. Contreras is a two-year deal. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, yes, that was a that was a pretty good pretty good deal. He can just keep him next year. Um. So, yeah, hats off to John as usual. Um, oh, yeah. And also, Drew, I have I do have bad news. What? Oh God, what? It's uh, it is no longer Miller Park. No. Yeah, it's American Family Field. American families. Yeah. <laughs> they have plenty. What about what about beer? What about Miller? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it says on Wikipedia that the title sponsor is American Family Insurance. Before January first, two thousand twenty one, the stadium was named Miller Park, but Miller's contract with the stadium was for forty million dollars and ran through twenty twenty. I could absolutely scream. Yeah, I know. I mean, I won't. I have people sleeping in this house, but I. <sighs> Yeah. What even? I know. What even? I don't know, man. To just to bounce back though to Zach Davies. I know we're running a little long on Davies, but uh not uh, his ground ball rate is nothing exceptional at least the last 2 years. Uh so I definitely see what you mean. And the strikeout numbers are rather pedestrian honestly. Last year was his best strikeout year of his career. And um I do think that sometimes and you'll hear me say this a lot, winners find a way to win. Winners just do what they do, and they win. So Davies may just be a winner. I mean, he may just defy the odds and do what he does. But, I mean, it looks like he outperformed his peripherals last year. Like He, he kind of went above and beyond and had every possible thing break for him in the correct way. But even still, I mean, the Cubs, as boring as they are and as good as some other teams in the Central are, they'll, they'll win games. I, I think at $9, Davies is hardly – 
a bad ad, but I do think he might get into some trouble in some of those parks. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. It'll be interesting to see for sure. Yep. Anyway, let's move along, sir. Let's move along, sir. We got the Braves, Freddy's, and he is the champion. He drafted three guys. Do you want to jump in on uh, jump in first on Freddie, or would you like me to? No, you go ahead. Okay, uh, I'll talk about uh, Sir Sir William Smith, and Will Smith is a guy who I did a lot of research on actually this off season, uh, looking into the closer pool and trying to see what would be available because as uh, well nobody would know I guess unless you're in the league I'll go ahead and tell you so I had a closing crop last year that I would say was pretty freaking good. I had Araldus Chapman, Josh Hader, I had Pete Fairbanks, Zach Britton, a couple of very good relievers. Ended up putting them all back into the uh, into the draft with the exception of Ryan Presley, who I still have. And so I knew I'd need to replace those, those saves. I need to replace those guys somehow. And uh, looking into it, one of the guys that I read a lot about was Will Smith, trying to figure out what exactly the dealio was with Smith and what I could find about him. And in doing so, I found out that the Braves have got a really, really disgusting bullpen. And at the top of it are Smith and Martin. And uh, Will Smith is – he had a good year last year, dude. What what would you say? I mean – um, I think that he gets jiggy with it on the mound. Uh, that's a that's a safe assumption. I'm going to agree with you. Uh, it looks to me like Smith's going to be in position to be the closer along with Martin. I don't mean to bury Will Smith. I prefer Chris Martin. Smith, though, being really? the, I, I do. I prefer Martin. Smith being the lefty, having closer experience. I mean, he's over the last three years, he's notched 48 saves. Uh, generally is above 12K per nine. Uh, and that's in the really good to elite zone for a, uh, for a reliever with a manageable ratios. Uh, last year he did get touched up quite a bit though, is, is what I'm seeing. So I guess that's why I would prefer Martin to Smith, but nonetheless, it's important to note that Freddie got a closer for a team that is going to win a ton of games for $10 on a one-year deal. So a lot of the risk that's associated with closers in the league, and this is just from reading the superlatives thread, a lot of people seem to associate risk with closers and really risk with long-term deals in general. It's it's alleviated. And Freddie can end this deal after one year if Smith crashes and burns, but I don't necessarily see that happening. So uh, interesting and well-devised pickup to the champion Braves. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I'll just uh, – Freddie only got two more guys, so I'll just talk about both of them real quick. Go ahead. Um, so the first one is Eddie Rosario. Uh, he got him for $17. I think that he is a good pickup. Uh, the Indians really need outfield help. And so when Rosario was let go by the Twins, which was kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Indians just ended up jumping right on it. And um, he's got power. He's got speed. I uh, wish he could get his average up just a tad. Um, but at $17, I think that he is a good deal because he will be probably starting for Freddie every day. Um, and so, I mean, you know, you can't 
you can't be upset when you get a guy like that that's got a good a really good power speed combo for seventeen dollars. No, absolutely not. Rosario was a, a prize to be had, and Freddie has him for a great uh, on a great contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and just real quick, Weaver at fourteen. Um, I will say this about Weaver: he has been a frustrating guy mm-hmm. for fantasy baseball managers mm-hmm. because he is so talented. He is. He is really talented. He's got really good stuff. Um, he's got. I mean, he's got a good breaking ball. He knows how to pitch. He's a college guy. Um, but I think health has been his biggest hurdle, and he hasn't he hasn't really found out yet how to get over that hurdle. And so he could very well easily be worth $14 or more this season. He could if everything goes right. But if it doesn't and he crashes and burns like he has been the last couple seasons, then – Freddie's going to get burned on this, but I mean, I think it's worth the risk. 14 is a lot, but Freddie had a lot of money, so I don't see a problem in going after a guy like that. So The 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 possibility for what could happen if he booms is is great. I mean, it's you you hit it. I just my fear is that the potential for strikeout numbers being good, which I mean, Weaver has had good strikeout numbers. Or mm-hmm. a two pitch pitcher. We did Weaver ever develop a third pitch? I don't know offhand, but I know he was kind of um, just a two pitch guy for a very long time with kind of a, a show me third offering. And yeah, I guess I guess my fear is that Weaver kind of is who he is, and at fourteen dollars, I feel like the pitching tax kind of took hold of Weaver when there were other guys that went cheaper that I personally prefer. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't mean to just dog Weaver or Freddie's pick because I think Freddie had a great draft and got three sought after guys on manageable contracts for sure. I just mm-hmm. I think there's some fear associated there. So at least in my yeah. book. So Yep. Anyway, let's move along. Going from the Braves, we'll touch on Alex Rhodes' Cardinals, and uh, I'll jump in, if you don't mind, on this one. Uh, I want to talk about how my man, the Salamander, pulled a two-year, $7 Andrew Benatendi. A brief bit of history for you people at home. Andrew Benatendi was long the apple of the eye of Mr. Alex Anderson. Not Mr. Alex Rhodes, Mr. Alex Anderson. And in a trade you may or may not recall from a few off-seasons ago, Alex Anderson finally got the apple of his eye when he got the Salamander to trade him Benatendi for, I don't remember the exact sum, but it was a princely sum. It had been long discussed, and when it finally came to fruition, Anderson had to pay and pay he did. So now Benatendi is off of Alex's Red Sox and with the Kansas City Royals on a two-year $7 deal back with Alex Rhodes and Ben Attendee in 2019, he had some interesting things going for him, but it seemed like there's been just some, some downward projection for him for a while. Uh, you know, looking at his, his strikeout rate, looking at, he's never really had a ton of pop to him. The speed, even he was speed was such a caring stat for him. That was down. Uh, I, it looks like ISO was down. It just, Ben Attendee, it could go, I don't know. Maybe he was hurt for a little bit. It looks like he's still got some back issues too. But I do think that 
Kansas City has a really oddly good team, like a team I'm kind of into, if I'm being really honest with you, Tyler. Mm-hmm. And I think that a double-digit homer steal season for Ben Attendee, hitting second in that lineup, or maybe even leading off, let me confirm. Yeah, hitting second. It'll be, uh, I imagine, Witt, Ben Attendee. They've, okay, they, Russ Resource has Witt, Ben Attendee, Mondesi, Santana, and then Salpa, and then Solaire. That's odd. Okay, I don't know if that's going to be the lineup. It says Witt. Yeah, Witt, Benatendi, Mondesi. Bobby Witt? No, Witt, Witt, Merrifield. Sorry. Oh, duh. I didn't mean to uh, I didn't mean to send you yeah. into a spiral there, into some pretty odd. It's okay. It's okay. Nah. <laughs> nah, nothing, nothing like that. Nothing yet. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely have that conversation later this year if it happens then. Yeah. Anyway, odd lineup. Don't know that I trust Ross Resource on that one, but either way, Ben Attendee I think could be interesting, and uh, he's got to uh, got to cut that strikeout rate down. Last year, let's see, he had fifty-two plate appearances, walked twenty-one percent of the time, but struck out thirty-three percent of the time. Just I'm concernicus. So anyway, yeah. Ben Intendi very well could end up being one of those guys that just needed a new um, new team. So, maybe. Maybe. For his sake, I hope so. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm skeptical. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really – I know this is one of the higher contracts in the draft, but I really liked Xander Bogarts at $33. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like I said before, I think the Red Sox have a sneaky good lineup. Um, they're going to have Kike, they're going to have Verdugo, Xander, Devers, J.D. Martinez is coming back, hopefully. Um, I know I'm forgetting somebody. Um, I mean, Christian Vasquez is a good hitting catcher. So they're going to have a good team. They're going to have a good offense. And Xander Bogarts is going to be right there in the middle like he has been for the past few seasons, and they're really going to have to rely on him. So, I, I mean – He's one of the best shortstops in fantasy baseball. And getting him on a $33 deal, which is for two more seasons yeah, after this yeah. one, is a pretty good, pretty good, um, pretty good contract in my book. I would agree 100% with you. I think that it's, it is exceptional value and it's something that, it's something that Alex will treasure. It's, it's stability at an odd position for him. Uh, he's, he's kind of, yeah bounce from shortstops to shortstop. And I feel like I can say that just because I've kind of been in the same boat. So, Well, and Xander Bogarts is someone that Alex has really wanted, like, for the past few seasons. So, and, you know, he's always been on the Pirates, who we all know has problems doing anything. Caring. So, yeah. yeah. So now that he was in the draft, yeah. I mean, Alex was so, so hyped to get him. I mean, he did. And that's awesome. He he went out and made it happen. And now, I mean, he has another huge piece in that offensive uh, offensive firepower to go with the, the thousands of horses he has. So, yeah, abs- absolutely. So, let's move on. Uh, Rodello, or the friend of the podcast, Rodello, he had one draft pick and spent it on Carlos Carrasco, who, uh, by my standard, was an incredible pickup uh, at nineteen dollars for three years. Carrasco may uh, 
I could see Carrasco pitching another three years, but I mean, you never can tell with these guys. He's had a long storied yeah. career, so we we can't say for sure what'll happen. But what we decided to do for Rodello is talk about guys he already had on his team. And Tyler, I'm going to let you jump off this one since uh, you messaged me during the break to say that you knew exactly who we were going to talk about with Rodello. Excuse me. Yeah, just kind of a um, uh, a guy. We tried to pick someone that was really kind of far down in the rankings, not someone that's just super popular. Um, but my guy, who I really like on the Cubs, is Tarek Scooball. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he he is a guy that was hurt in college, I believe. So he got drafted really late. Um, and now it looks like a steal for the Tigers because he looks like he could be a legit ace. Um I was listening to a podcast today, actually, and they were discussing how they think that Scooball is actually going to be the ace of the staff in a couple seasons and not Casey Mize. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, but, I mean, good thing for Rhodey. He's got both of them, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, I think uh, I really like Scooball. Um, I think he throws pretty hard for a lefty. Yeah. And um, I don't. I've never really looked much into what he, what all pitches he has, but I mean, he is a lefty, so I'm sure that his ball has plenty of movement when he throws it. Um, you know, <laughs> whether that's a fastball, whether that's a breaking ball, but, uh, but yeah, I think Scooball is going to have a longer leash this season. He didn't pitch uh, like his stats. If you look at his stats, it looks like he didn't pitch real well last season when he got called up, but I think that he ended up pitching a lot better than Casey Mize did. Um, Casey Mize was pretty bad last season. Yeah, it didn't go great um, for him. No. So, I think Scooball could be a really good player for uh, Rodello way down the road. Definitely. Um, I think it's odd because I'm also looking at a guy who's for the future, and that is uh, Luis Severino is the guy that I'm chosen to kind of look into. And I don't know. I feel like Obviously, if you're listening to this and you're a deep league player, you should be aware of Luis Severino. I mean, unless you just got into baseball within like the last two seasons. So, I mean, that's that's understandable because he's been, you know, Severino's been kind of a non-factor. But when he did play, I mean, Tyler, he was elite in the 98th percentile on fastball velocity in 2018. He, in the 86th percentile for walk rate and the 80th percentile for fastball spin, like, above average uh, velocity with 96 mile per hour fastball uh, got the three pitch mix that's just you know smoker stuff t- traditional smoker stuff fastball change up slider just you know lights out stuff and all fast and for the Yankees just a dynamite pitcher due back uh, second half of the year I feel like it's safe to say may, may make 15 starts I expect him to be strikeout threats with a manageable if not great set of ratios I'm curious to see what the slider usage is going to look like because uh, I know coming off Tommy John I I don't know I know that uh, there's been some theories and musings about slider usage and Tommy John and what the whole correlation there is but I'm no doctor I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor I'd like Mm -hmm. to see him come out and just haul ass man let it just really tear into guys uh 
show his stuff if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I read correctly, let me just confirm this. Yeah, he's been tossing two bullpen sessions per week, only throwing fastballs, though. So maybe I was on something there. Yeah. Maybe. So he's projected to come back like midseason? That, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's what I would okay. estimate. So I think. Uh, I think Rodell has got a couple of guys that could really, really do some some good stuff for him uh, in the future. Not to say that he doesn't have them now, but in the future he could have some good ones. Yep, he could have a pretty nasty staff here in a couple seasons. I really would prefer it that he didn't, but that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on though to Clay Carver and the Giants. Clay drafted five guys, and uh, just fun note for Clay uh, at home. All of your guys, Clay, were drafted under my value. You didn't have a single guy that I thought you over overpriced. You hit them all really well. The most expensive player he drafted was a seven dollar player. Well, so I mean, kind of hard um, to argue with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he got three relief pitchers and two outfielders. I know who I'd like to talk about. Um, I don't know if you have one in mind. Uh, my guy is Fairbanks. What about you? I love Fairbanks, but the guy I want to talk about is Alex Dickerson because he was an absolute target for me in the draft. Really? Uh, Yeah, 100%. I knew that I wanted to get an outfielder that has some years left to play. I knew I wanted to to get a guy that I thought could contribute at a, a reasonable, if not exceptional level. And Dickerson was a guy that I've, uh, I've always really enjoyed. His first kind of breakout season with the Padres, I had him on my real shit team and wanted to keep him. And just, you know, he's always had kind of an injury issue. And it seems like now that he's conquered it with the Giants, he's, you know, they're going to play him as long as they've got him. And, I mean, as long as he's playing well, why not let him let him go? And so, anyway, let me yeah. let me look at some actual numbers rather than just various this and that. I mean, looking at his looking at his uh, his ratios and stuff and his percentile rankings, 82nd percentile on exit velocity is exceptional. X slug, 82, 82nd percentile. Uh, in terms of at field jump, sprint speed, outs above average, defensive sort of stuff, you know, yeah, he's not really in the ballpark you're wanting, but there's a lot of red on that page, and that's exceptional to see. Uh, let's see real quick. Dickerson is projected to be, yeah. Hit and clean up, uh, and now the Padre, or I'm sorry, geez, the Padres, gosh. The Giants swap in and out, you know, guys in and out of the lineup and bounce them up and down the, in their uh, in their spots in the order quite a bit. But, I mean, I'm thinking 260 average, comfortably 15 home runs, if not more, probably 60 runs and RBIs each for a cat that is going to be 31 in the end of May. So, I'm down with that, down to clown with Alex Dickerson. He really had a great year last year, and we'll see if he can extend it for Clay's hometown Giants. Hmm. I bet I bet Clay had some kind of insider knowledge. I imagine he did. Will Clark yeah. gave him all the scoops. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my guy for Clay is Pete Fairbanks. Love it. Uh, we all saw – last off uh, postseason what Pete Fairbanks was all about and he is about the speed <laughs> he throws hard yes 
he is a Rays pitcher now, and so I'm the Rays are just one of those organizations when they trade for a guy like this, I just assume that they're going to be, you know, like a Hall of Famer because they know what they're doing with pitchers. They know how to coach them up. They know I, – I, I just – I don't know. So Certainly. Yeah, I just – I think Pete Fairbanks is going to be awesome. I just hope he doesn't um, – I mean, the only thing that I think could stop him is if he had to, you know, have surgery or something, which if you throw 100 miles an hour, yeah. it's very, very likely. I mean, it's it's not it's not out of the question. It could very happen. Nope. Yep. So let's move on. I know we're taking a little bit more time than we're trying to, but let's move on to Mariners. Mariners draft 10 guys, and I know exactly who I'm going to. It's Chris Flexen. My man was an overseas pitcher with the KBO. And I'm just going to hit you with some facts real quick about Chris Flexen for all you non-believers. Last year through 116 innings, which is already going to put him at kind of a, <laughs> an anchor for that Mariners staff. And that's Mariners in uh, MLB and real shit, fell, uh, fellas. 21 starts last year, a 10.18 K per nine, a 3.01 ERA. You may be wondering, well, how does that play out without fielding? 2.74 FIP. Really, really impressive. Left guys on base at a decent clip. It looks sustainable. The BABIP was reasonable. Actually down from his career BABIP. Uh, did well to limit the walks. Really limited the home runs. Uh, looking real quick into another thing. Super quick for Flexen. Where are we at? Four-seamer. Occasionally mixed in a cutter. Sinker. Change-up. Slider curveball it looks like his primary uh his primary is the slider so he's gonna be a fastball slider type guy hits the change up but then he's got those other two between the sinker and the curve that he can mix in as well i was really in on flex and thought he could be a really exceptional pick and mariners apparently agreed with me and got him on a one dollar deal towards the end of the draft when there was nothing i could do but cry about it and i sure did <laughs> um I uh looking at his picks real quick. I'm surprised you didn't pick Chris Martin. Uh, yeah, I figured I kind of it would be obvious. <laughs> I see. Um I really liked uh the Hunter Dozier oh, pick. Yeah. Like you were alluding to earlier, um the Royals they they have a sneaky good lineup yeah. and he's going to be right in the middle. Um, I'm not sure is he is he playing first base or is he playing third base for them? I think he's playing third I, I base. I imagine it is third because they've got slammed Hannah. But let me let me That's think. right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Um but yeah, I think that he's a good pick. I think that he's got um studly attributes. Oh, yeah. So he could be um a really good fantasy producer for him. I also liked the Buster Posey two dollar oh, pick, yeah. uh, mainly because he stole him from me because I had Posey for a dollar at like one second to go, and Mariners just decided to hit the freaking bid two dollar button. And why did go? Uh, yeah. go, Mike? It's fine. It's fine. I'm not salty, um, but I think that I think Posey. He's still got catcher eligibility, so it doesn't really matter if he doesn't actually play catcher for the Giants no, this year. They said, it, just, it just matters that you can plug him in I'm there. pretty sure they said they're not going to play him anywhere but catcher. They'll just let him have days off, if I'm not mistaken. I read that. Oh, okay, okay. 
Well, I mean, if they do that and keep him fresh, then I do think that he could be a pretty good uh, contributor catcher-wise. I know he got Mitch Garver earlier in the draft for $7, but um, Mitch Garver did get hurt the other day, and he's also – I don't know if he's going to start every day because of Ryan Jeffers. So um, I think Posey is a good guy to have as your backup or possibly your starter. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Okie dokie. Well, hey, that's a great answer, man. Thank you. Let's move on. We'll talk about the Marlins. Uh, Tyler, do you know who you want to talk about from uh, Mr. Scott A's Marlins? Who's picked uh, five guys? I'm not – Gonna pick Billy McKinney. Really? Because I am gonna pick Billy McKinney. May I go ahead? Yeah. So as he's now being known, the secret weapon, Billy McKinney. Absolutely the shocker of the draft. Absolutely like a it's like the world stopped for a moment. And now there's been picks like this before. I'll I'll reference Matt Stombaugh being about a year early on Kyle Farmer being a thing that people are aware of. So credit to you, Matt. Maybe Billy McKinney is the next coming of this because I'll just hit you with a quick stat from a, as of about a week ago, Tyler. Billy McKinney was five for eight, so that's a six twenty-five, with three home runs and five RBIs over his four prior spring training. For the Milwaukee Brewers. I was about to say, when did his spring training games take yeah, place? Yeah, they, they would have been about a week ago. I'm, I'm looking at old data. Okay. But either way, McKinney is currently projected to be a bench bat for the Brewers. He uh, it's 26 years old, despite being around for 3,000 years. A lefty uh, was drafted by the A's forever and ever ago. Um finally came up with the Yankees and then was traded to the Blue Jays kind of briefly thereafter where he's been for a minute. In 2019, he did hit 12 home runs for the Blue Jays, man. Uh, Terrible average, but, you know, hot spring training will very, very regularly turn turn the tide on a player. And if the right manager believes, you'll catch a contract. And I think that's what happened with McKinney. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to act like I was not laughing my my very large butt. Well, actually, I have a small butt. My wife insults me all the time. I was not laughing very hard because I certainly was when Billy McKinney's name came up, especially after he was asked, what are you going to spend that $120 on there, Scott? He was like, oh, don't worry. I got a, I got a plan. I got a plan. The plan is, by God, Billy McKinney. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Look, I don't know everything, so I'm not going to pretend to know everything. And I have no idea why Billy McKinney was picked there, but, hey, I, honestly, I really hope it works out for Scott so he can just say, F all you guys. <laughs> that That is that is the constant hope, is that he can, yeah. he can just middle fingers to all of us. Because, you know, yep. it would be the best yep. thing. Um, but my pick would be... I'm tempted to say Waka oh, because yeah. he picks he pitches for the Rays now and like I just said, Waka's probably gonna turn into a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but um actually I really like CJ Cron at thirteen dollars. Um he is starting. He's he's gonna be the starting first baseman for the Rockies and um first off you're playing in Colorado half your home games mm-hmm. now, so that's always a, a plus. 
Um, also, I think that they have uh, some guys in their lineup this season that are, are good, are really good. Yeah. Um, you know, Charlie Blackman's back, but uh, I think, you know, Sam Hilliard could be good. Um, Ryan McMahon could take the next step finally. <laughs> yeah. Garrett Hampson, if he if he gets enough playing time. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Josh Fuentes, but uh, dude can rake, and he is starting now that Brendan Rodgers is hurt. Yeah. And not to mention Brendan Rodgers when he comes back. Like, Rockies, the Rockies have a good offense. They're never going to have a good pitching staff. But their offense is going to be good. C.J. Cron is going to play every day. And he was having a really good season. I think it was – wasn't it last season before he – what did he, he played for the Tigers. Tore his yeah, knee. He played for the Tigers last year. Yeah. He's always been, like, bounced around on one-year deals and just smacked. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. But he got hurt or something. But, I can't, but he was having a good year. I can't, but I can't remember if this was 2020 or if this was 2019. But anyways. Um, but yeah, as long as he can stay healthy, I think that that $13 deal is going to be really yeah, nice. I agree with you. I agree completely. Okay. Very good. I agree. Kron was another looking towards in the draft as a potential target. So let's move on, though. Uh, our other new manager, Dan. Uh, he only had two picks, and with those, he took uh, Mr. Hasong Kim. He took Domingo German, uh, a two two year deal for Kim, two years five dollars, and for German, a one year nineteen dollar deal. Another spring training ex uh, seller who gets a big money contract for the Yankees after uh, you know German. He uh, he was off the field, but still doing some beating of other of opposition. Uh, now we'll hope that he keeps the beating to the field. Domingo, we're watching you, you mm-hmm. SOB. We're watching you. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're watching you. You keep that. Uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, turn over. Turn away. We're watching you, pal. Just keep that in mind. So, we did pick players, though, from Dan's team that we're going to talk about. Tyler, who you got, pal? Well, I um I just went ahead and actually got on his team page real quick and picked a guy. Um, that's already that was already on yeah. his team. If yeah, that's ab- cool, absolutely. I'm gonna do the same. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. So, man, there's a couple on here that are really good picks. Um, I'm tempted to say Alejandro okay. Kirk. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's a good one. I think he. The same podcast I was listening to today. Those guys said that Kirk could. He, he might possibly have the best hit tool as a catcher right now. It's not it's not um, it's not yeah, that could be the yeah, case. Yeah. Which I hope not because I got uh Danny Jansen in the draft, <laughs> but that's just me being selfish. But uh but yeah, Kirk is Kirk could be a good one, but I would love to touch on Tyler O'Neill. Please do. I, this dude, it is his time. I'm telling y'all, <laughs> I tried to get him from Dan this guy, he can do everything if he gets to play every day. If he can keep his batting average over like 250, this dude is going to be a stud. Like, I'm talking 2020, maybe maybe 3020 someday. Yeah. This, this dude is awesome. He's fast. He has one of the fastest sprint speeds in baseball, if you can believe that, with him being so – Freaking bulky. Yeah, ginormous. Bulky guy. 
Yes, but he's also got power. Um, but like I said, if he can just – if he can – one, he gets to play every day, which he should now. He should get to play every day. And two, if he can keep that batting average high enough and he can get on base, he can steal bases, and then he's going to hit mm-hmm. home runs. So I think that this is a really good – and I don't know if Dan meant for this to be, but this – I think that Tyler O'Neill is going to be a really good building block for him. And um, – Yahoo currently rakes him at 769, so I think that he will be up way above that by the season's end. I think so, too. I think that that's a safe bet, to say the very least. Uh, so, I took uh, I took a look at a guy who is going to have a familiar name. He is a 31-year-old. Well, not quite 31. He's about to be 31. And a fresh face for the Padres. It's Tony Disco, Anthony Dave Sclafani. I have a little bit of some facts for you, Tyler. Last season, Tony Disco decided that he was going to start throwing the slider more than he threw the four-seam fastball. Okay. He decided he was going to amp up change-up usage. He decided he was going to lower curveball usage. He decided he was going to amp up some sinker usage. And um, how should I put this? Didn't really work out for him at all. Uh, I will give him credit. Fastball velocity was still up. He's above league average at 95. That's uh, 75th percentile, I'll say, in the league, I think. IIRC. Uh, De Scafani, though, <laughs> far from a useless pitcher. And if I'm not mistaken, he is the most expensive player on Padres' team at, at a crispy $21. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. He and – he and yeah. So – I think that De Sclafani, by virtue of being an innings eater, if he can keep <laughs> he can keep the ball in the yard, that would be good. He had he had terrible issues with walking guys last year. Uh, his home runs per nine was up by three tenths of a of a run or three tenths of a point, excuse me, of a walk. Jesus uh, was letting guys bat just insanity against him, giving up more home runs for five balls. Uh, there was a little bit of positivity. His he outperformed that ERA. His his peripheral numbers were much better than that indicates. But I think with a little bit of uh, stabilizing some things, just kind of tightening the bolts and screws, maybe pitching in that four seamer just a little bit more. Tony Disco will be okay. I think he'll be fine. I think Tony Disco is going to be a okay. So let's move along and talk about a team that I am near and dear to, and that is the Phillies managed by, uh, there's a smudge there over the guy's name. We'll just move on along. Tyler, who do you like from this Philly guys draft? Um, I think a guy who is going to pay off quickly is Brandon Nimmo. Hmm. I really, I really like him at three bucks. As far as I know, He's starting for the Mets. Um, the Mets are going to be pretty good this year. I know you hate I to do. hear that. Um, but you need to at least root for this guy. Oh, I know. I, th- I think um, he, he can hit the ball. Um, I just I think that him at $3 is just super good, sneaky good value for you. And um, – and yeah, I I like it. I like it a lot. I think that he is overlooked a lot. Absolutely. 
So you heard me reference that Dickerson was one of the set outfielders that I wanted. Uh, Nemo is who I ended up getting as that kind of archetype. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm satisfied with it completely. Considering that Nemo is 28 mm-hmm. years old, that last year he uh, 33 runs, eight homers, kicked in a steal, 280 average. I don't think it's unheard of for him this season to finally kind of tie it all together like he did in 2018 and just really rake and just rack it up. Like, you know, 15 homers, five steals, 70 runs, 50 ribs, 240 average. Oh, I think he could surpass all of those. Sure, I would love that. And, I mean, granted, I'm probably looking at low side stuff and just trying to be cautious and air with caution. But I don't – I'm not scared of Kevin Pillar. I'm not scared of Albert Almora <laughs> cutting into his playing time. I think Jonathan VR is uh, an infield option at best. I think uh, – uh, yeah, nothing, nothing. I think Nemo is fine. I think at worst he will probably slide into Dominic Smith's left field in a day or two. And on casual off days, mm-hmm. one of their 7,000 batters will fill in. So not worried about Nemo at all. And I will speak very briefly about my pick for myself. Um, I thought Justin Verlander was going to go for anywhere between eighteen and twenty-five dollars, and for seven dollars, I'll have Justin Verlander until he retires, and that is exactly what I aim to do in this draft. I knew that I wanted a pitcher that I could trust completely, and it ended up where I got Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> So, you know, take that as you will. I think Bumgarner's fine, too. Yeah. But Verlander for $7 was absolutely exceptional, and I just kind of watched the clock tick down and shrugged my shoulders and wrote it in my notebook and proceeded. I just I just don't – I don't know, man. I didn't really understand, like, what happened with everybody. I don't know because Mike Clevenger went for what eleven dollars. Clevenger went for eleven. Uh, Cindergard went for Cindergard uh, seventeen. More than that. Um, yeah, like I was, don't get it. But hey, you're not, not complaining not at all. And I mean, granted, this is this what was is a guy who's no spring chicken. But anyway. No, he said, but he said like what a few months ago that he wants to pitch till he's forty-five. Yeah. Like he could very easily be the Tom Brady of baseball. I'm not saying he's not already. And <laughs> I mean, you for I mean, we we're so quick to forget his one start last year. He came out of it quick, but I mean, up until he came out, he looked excellent. Excellent. I, age oh, yeah. is age is but a number. There are exceptions to every rule, and Justin Verlander is a bar none, hands down Hall of Famer. I'm not saying no, so I'm not saying nope. no. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's move on. Let's talk about your team, and then we'll probably need to cut this recording. We're coming close, and then we'll try to wrap these other uh, three teams up quick. Let's talk Rays super quickly, and I'll uh, I'll talk about mine first because it goes along with what I was just saying. Uh, 
the other pitcher of our generation is Max Scherzer. And for for weeks, we've heard people talk about how pitching in this draft would be so shallow and so thin and yeah, blah, 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 and fear-mongering and all this, this, that, and other. For the talk that it was about how people would react to Scherzer coming off of a $60 deal, I knew that, again, like I said, I'm not afraid of Scherzer. I'm not afraid of a three-year deal. I'm not afraid of his age. And if I'm not mistaken, it would have been right after I got Trout that Scherzer would have popped. So I think I might have been a little shell-shocked still from what happened with Trout that I kind of didn't want to push. Looking back, Mm -hmm. I wish I would have. A couple more dollars on Scherzer. But my hesitance is your reward because now you have another ignorant, talented pitcher in your stable of insanity in Tampa. A three-year, $34 Max Scherzer and... For what it's worth, you have a buyer at any given point, should you ever be afraid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I just really couldn't believe it either. I was like, okay, I think, like I told myself, I was going to be in it until about $35. <laughs> there you go. And, yeah, and, um, yeah, and he hit 34 and I was like, okay, let's keep going here, see how high he gets, and. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I I did the same thing. I shrugged my shoulders, and I wrote it in my notebook, and uh, I might have touched myself. I can't say I'd blame you, buddy. Give me me a couple (laughs) quick words on your favorite from your team, and then we'll uh, look at some more. Dude, I – I just, I just can't believe I got Marcus Simeon for nine dollars. Again, I don't want to bury the lead, but I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, you are the guy that I picked to have won the draft. Um, every, the, the, like I have one player you picked as being an overspend, and it was literally by forty cents. And considering we can't do portions of a dollar, I'll say that you didn't. Yeah, yeah. I just, I. I don't know. I wanted another shortstop because I've got yeah, Dansby. Yeah. And, you know, Dansby had a good year last sure. year, but who knows if he's going to keep it going. And so I did. I targeted Simeon because I didn't want to pay yeah. for Bogarts, and I'd already gotten Scherzer. And, dude, I don't know. I just, it just was weird to me. Like, the Blue Jays are yeah, so stacked, and he's their starting second baseman, so – as a plus, he's going to have second base and shortstop Simeon again, and I feel like with all the players I look at on your team, I'm like, you know, I maybe maybe another dollar, maybe I should have just pushed a little more. And then, you know, I'm armchair quarterbacking myself. I mean, because after the draft, I was tickled with mine, just like you were. I'm sure you were thrilled with your draft. And mm-hmm. yeah, I really really liked my Simeon draft. is an exceptional get. I mean, a two-year, nine-dollar deal for a, an MVP candidate a couple of years ago is is silly. I will give you credit mm-hmm. though. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, you had either the highest or second highest uh, differential from what I expected a player to go for and what they went for. Uh, no, Simeon. for JD Martinez. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, uh, tell me. About I it. projected him to go for anywhere from twenty-nine to thirty-five dollars. You got him for sixteen, so. A shake of the hand yeah, and a pat I on think, the back for you. Thank you, sir. 
But anyhow, uh, I know that we are trending close to an hour on this recording session. So what I'm thinking, Tyler, is I'm going to play a brief little interlude on my flute. And then when we come back, we will talk Red Sox. We will talk Tigers. We will talk Yankees. And then we will wave adieu and say goodnight. But uh, let's get hyped, guys. We've got uh, three more teams to go. And we've had a lot of excellent draft coverage and some player breakdowns from me and Tyler. Tyler, uh, you excited for these last three teams? You got anything to look out for? Um, I'll tell you in a second. We'll, we'll, we'll just see what's coming around around the corner here. When we've got the final four teams: Red Sox, Rockies, Tigers, and Yankees coming right around. The- so I know I told you that I was going to play my flute, but I came in hot with a marimba instead. What is that? It okay. Um, let me. I, I don't know what the exact definition is. I'll have to Google it for you. Do you know how to spell that? Uh, yes, it's M A R I M B A. It is a percussion instrument consisting of a set of wooden bars struck with yarn or rubber mallets to produce musical tones. Resonators or pipes are suspended underneath the bars in order to amplify their sound. It makes a sound come like boom, 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 kind of like that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Love them. They're they're dope. Dope af. You guys need one in your house. I'll see what I can do for Christmas. So, moving along, we are talking about the red stockings and Mister Jandy Man. The Jandy Man can, and he did draft. That is, he drafted well. Who do you like from the Jandy Man's draft? Um. Well, I'm going back to the well, and I'm picking Chris Archer. Ooh, okay. I like Chris Archer at four bucks because we know the kind of pitcher that Chris Archer was before he got traded. Sure. When he was with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And now he is back with Tampa Bay. Correct. So, Mundo. can he get back to where he was? Um, I don't know if he'll ever be back fully to where he was when he was previously pitching for the Rays, but I don't see how he can be as bad as he was with Pittsburgh because he was pretty bad with them. So (laughs) I think, I think a $4 flyer on him to get back at least close to the pitcher that he was before is a, is a good bet. I like that. Um, Cause I mean, he was, he was pretty much a workhorse for the Rays. And oh, yeah. the Rays oh, yeah. don't do workhorses. No, no, no longer at least. Ask Ask Blake Snell. So <laughs> I don't think he wants to talk about it. No, he doesn't. Um, but yeah, so I really liked the Chris Archer uh, contract at four bucks. Um, also, really liked uh, AJ Pollock at three. I think he's he's kind of forgotten in that May first I? lineup. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jandy. Listen carefully. Right now, I need you to text me with the following message. I'm ready to trade AJ Pollock to you. Because I'm waiting, baby. I'm waiting. Oh. AJ Pollock, Tyler, let me hit you with some stats, my man. Last year, in the 83rd percentile for X slug, 70, 71st percentile for hard hit percentage, 70%, 70 percentile on barrel rate. 75th percentile, X batting average. 
AJ Pollock, I'm not going to lie to you and say that at 33 years old, he can be counted on as the pinnacle of health. Because he can't. But until he gives you a reason not to trust his health, why do we why do we punish ourselves into thinking that he's not a, st- a stud? AJ Pollock is an absolute Goliath baseball player. He's criminally, criminally underrated and will forever be, apparently. Uh, this is a player who, without reservation, I can say will hit 20 home runs. Uh, and let me rephrase this health, health permitting 20 home runs, 70 runs in RBIs each, mm-hmm. seven, eight steals with a 250 average. Uh, plays a mean outfield still, and in case you're still not sold, let's look at that supporting cast for the World Series champions. This is a player who I'm literally singing praises for. He's batting seventh in that lineup, according to roster resource. Mm-hmm. This is this is a player who I. I don't need to. I mean, literally, like I'm not. I'm not joking when I say Alex. I would trade for Pollock right now. Like right as as you hear this, I will make a deal. He is exceptional. He is a player that I. And again, you can verify with Kyle. He heard me say it a lot. I would love to draft AJ Pollock. Please let somebody screw up and let me get AJ Pollock. I don't remember the exact order, but I feel like I would have already gotten Nemo for a very similar $3 deal. But, you know, you can't cry. You can't cry about it because a, a Nemo is very good. A Pollock is very good. And, boy, can I talk about A.J. Pollock some more, but we really need to move on. Let's move on to the Rockies, shall we? Okay. Tommy Tomatoes has done a hell of a job building the team this offseason, bro. What do you th- – I mean, you gotta, we got to give a man some props. I'll I'll tell you, like last year, I thought Tommy was was doing great at the beginning of the season. He had Kyle Lewis burning the world down. He was doing some killer stuff on the free agent wire. He was picking up and trying guys out. And now he's gone out and added, oh, James Paxton and, oh, Dustin May. And, oh, what about Anthony Rizzo? And, oh, hello, Jake Cronenworth. How's it going? Like, he's making moves. And on top of that, had a killer draft where he picked up two great players, picked up a shortstop named Didi Gregorius, who I freaking love, and the best catcher in baseball, JT Real Muto, who you've been watching play for the last two years extensively. Mm-hmm. Tommy is doing it big and doing it good. But as part of that, we've decided we're going to look at some other guys on Tommy's team just to kind of spread the love around. We're not going to, you know, super focus on those two guys. That way, you know, we're not trying to spread some love. So, Tyler, do you have a player in mind for Tommy's team? I do. Um, This guy is a huge if. Huge if. Huge boom or bust. But I really like Laoti Tavares from the Rangers. Um, I really like him a lot. Uh, He's – it's funny because a lot of people, I think, just kind of forgot about him. Because if you go and look back, like, two or three years ago, maybe, like, in prospect rankings, like, he was in the top 100, mm-hmm. like, every 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 ranking, every outlet. 
Um, and, and then he just kind of fell off, I think, in low A or something like that. And people forgot about him. And last year, because of everything going on, he got a chance and he played pretty well. And now he's projected to hit leadoff and play, I think, center field for the Rangers opening day. So, yeah, yeah. he could, uh, he's got a lot of speed. He, he also has some pop. Um, so if he can just learn to hit the ball with regularity, which is hard for some people, um, he's going to be a pretty good fantasy player. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's safe to say for sure. Yeah. So I really <clears throat> like that Tommy has got a guy like that on his team. So who knows? He could turn into the Kyle Lewis of last year. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I guess he could. Um. Awesome, Brad. Well, um. You know, sometimes, Tyler, at least for me, you read a guy's name and you already like him. Mm. That's the case with me and this Drew Rasmussen fella. It's <laughs> almost like we were just destined to be pals, me and this Drew guy. Uh, Either way, I do see a lot to like in Drew Rasmussen. Uh, let's just start with some raw percentile rating and let's hit Savant. 98th percentile in fastball velocity. 87th percentile of fastball spin. 74th percentile of curveball spin. What the absolute hell is going on? Uh, I'm noticing with Mr. Rasmussen, he is being stretched out for a multi-inning role. And I think that some, an, an easy quick comparison, just because it's on the same team, is what if he turns into Freddie Peralta? What if this is the next Freddie Peralta and Sparrow is going to get a chance to start? You know, Rasmussen has had two very big Tommy Johns uh, the K rate is stupid, stupid, stupid. Had a big spring. I think that I think Rasmussen could be really interesting, especially if he can get a bulk of innings. If he can pitch, oh, 40, 40 to 60 innings, I think that he could be really impressive for the Brewers and was, again, as you referenced, a top prospect. And uh, the Brewers certainly know how to handle those. So let's move on, though. We'll move on and talk now about Los Tigres, Matty, Matty Stomball. And, uh, I mean, there's a very obvious one for a gem that he got in this draft. If you want to hit that, or if you want to hit another one, you let me know if you want me to get the big dog or, or what, then we'll do it. I mean, I think that old Matty boy had a pretty good draft. But I think that – I know George Springer only went for 22 bucks, But I think Victor Robles at $9 is criminal. I, like this guy – Criminal he, he was should, the word I was going to use for Springer, so I'm glad we're on the same page. Well – so, see, I think that means that Matt should probably find him a decent lawyer. I bet he knows. And, yeah, uh, maybe. Um, yeah, he should find a one, throw some charges at someone. Yeah. Or maybe me and you should actually throw some charges at him because he stole these people. Yeah, he. I mean, he really did. Uh, so, go, go. I mean, I'll I'll pop off on Springer real quick. Leading off for an offense that we've already established is potent beyond potent. Yeah, has has every every likelihood thirty plus homers, uh, 90, 90 plus runs and RBIs. Not dead in the steals category. A good average. 
And oh, wait, wait, wait. He's got an oblique injury. Bleh. We're all idiots. We literally let this guy, who's 31 years old and has always been a freaking masher, go for $22, less than half of his previous contract. Every one of us deserves a slap in the face because Matt. Good job. That, that, yeah, good job. He left that storm door open for George Springer to just waltz right in and then slam it in everybody's <laughs> face. And really, he didn't have to slam it because we were apparently yards away just doing God knows what. So, hell of a pick. <laughs> hell of a pick. Yep. I could say the same for Victor Robles, Robles, however you want to say it. Um, uh, could this be the year? <laughs> Tough to say. I mean, it could be. It could be. But if it is. Then he freaking got a hell of a deal. Um, Most certainly. And I, I haven't, I don't remember the spring training stats right off the top of my head, but I do know that Robles has stolen some bases this spring. He's hit like three home runs. Oh, good. Um, That's good. Hitting pretty, pretty, hitting pretty well. Uh, and I mean, anybody that gets to hit right in front of Juan Soto. Um, you're going to probably get some pitches to hit. I feel like you will. That feels like a safe bet to me. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, Robles at $9 uh, made me sick. It made some other ones sick. Um, this could this could end up really well for Matt. I, this could be the draft that he looks back at and says that's where it started. Mm-hmm. That's that's where it started. I think he could say that for his entire off season. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a it's a very real possibility. The Tigers could ascend to a whole damn new level this year. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I know that's a loaded, loaded half of a loaded league, but mm-hmm. I like what Matt's doing. I like mm-hmm. what he's doing. I like what he's up to. All right, then the final team, we've got Kyle Wheeler's Yankees, the former two-time champ, one of two in history, both in the AL. Uh, this is an easy call for me, pal. We've, we've praised the Royals, and it's got to be Sloan Tanner. Kyle uh, etched his name into the club of guys that got a, a stupid deal. When he he got Carlos Santana for two, two years, $1, and I've already established to my brother that I will be pestering him all year for Santana. And so this is a reality he's forced to live in because we are being forced to live in the reality where a player who has a uh, 98th percentile walk rate, a 79th percentile K rate, a still incredible X Woba, a great whiff rate. I mean, a guy who does everything he can to get on base and does, a guy who is a great power hitter still, walks nominally less than he strikes out with an offense that's all of a sudden really freaking interesting. Mm-hmm. Every one of us needs to be punched in the nuts. Like, this is like, – what what were we doing in the middle rounds here? Like, did, did, did all of us just order pizza and it arrive at the same time for a couple of rounds? I, I don't know. Who's uh, – uh. I don't know. I would have been okay with that. Yeah, I mean, pizza's great. I'm not going to complain about pizza. Anyway, tell me, who do you like from Kyle's draft? Um, Call me crazy, but I think that Carlos Martinez at $7 could be 
lit. I'm so glad you said that because Martinez was my second pick. Yeah. Um, as an avid, lifelong Cardinals fan, Carlos Martinez has been the most frustrating player that I can remember, maybe besides Rick and Keel, to watch play because he's got all the talent in the world, but he just cannot keep his head on straight. But when he is mentally there, he is, like, unstoppable. I hear you. And so if this guy can, like, really put it together, then I think this is – is this a two-year deal? I think it is. C-Mart. We are looking at a one-year, $7. One year. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that might be better for Kyle then, depending on – what Carlos decides to do with his life this season. Yeah. But this is the ultimate, ultimate boomer bust guy right here. Yeah. This dude could contend for a Cy Young or this dude's going to lose his rotation spot by the end of May. So, Kyle, big ball Kyle here. <laughs> taking a $7 chance on Carlos. I like it. I know a lot of other people don't who don't follow the Cardinals closely like I do. They just yeah. they just look at the stats and see. They yep. see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Carlos is they, he could he could be great. He could be. There are some underlying but, peripherals there that make this a very very interesting interesting mm-hmm. handle. And I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie, like it's it's getting to the point where we need to know what Carlos is gonna do because I mean, yeah, yeah. He's. I think this is a big year for him, just overall for his career. Yes. So it's gonna. Be I mean, he's he's like firmly entrenched in the rotation right now because of some injuries yeah. and because yeah. of depth, and so it's time to put on his big boy pants. You know, put up or shut up type thing. It is. It's a make or break year for him in real life, and it definitely is in the fantasy world. I think we hit all of the different uh, tropes for saying that same thought, too. So, five points. I think so. So, (laughs) Tyler, that wraps it up, dude. We've we've covered the draft. We've done a wonderful job of it. I'm going to go ahead and give us credit there. I think we knocked it out of the park, uh, if we can keep with the baseball theme and the metaphor here. So, before we go, what can you expect from us this season? So, I don't want to speak for Tyler, but we will try our best to present to you with something every Monday evening. We try to record. Uh, most episodes go a, a pretty decent amount. Uh, of course, we are both married professionals who have jobs, have lives outside of this, and we already are committing a lot of times to running our team in the league. We will do our best to give you something every week. Hopefully we can do matchup breakdowns, which is one of our favorite thing. We'll, I mean, next, next week's episode, you know, barring anything stupid in one of our lives is going to be insane because I mean, in roughly an hour, Tyler, we will have the results to uh, draft 2.0, AKA uh, mm-hmm. waiver Palooza. So mm-hmm. we'll have that to cover. We'll have, uh, we'll be halfway through the first week's matchup, which is a double week matchup. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, I mean, we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, between kind of catching up on what's going on and Waiver Palooza slash Draft 2.0. We're going to have a lot to talk about, but uh, 
you can look forward to hearing us uh, each and every week, hopefully. Barring, again, barring anything stupid. And everybody's pretty cool about giving us some leniency and some weeks off and that kind of thing. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a little bit of this and that. Hopefully we'll catch some interviews. We have, we've, uh, we'd love to hear from guys. We'd love to get some guys on. I know last year Clay wanted to come on really bad, and I'd love to have Clay back on. Um, we'd love to hear from Freddie, uh, the league champion and the commish. Always nice to have Freddie on. Uh, we'd love to hear from our two new guys, and we'd love to hear from any of the guys, really. Like, we've still got several managers that haven't appeared on the podcast, and I'd love to hear from them, and as, as I'm sure you would. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I'm just excited that baseball is back. Um, I just uh, am looking forward to a full season, not having to wait, you know, mid-March mm-hmm. to the end of July, like last year, because that was brutal. It was. Um, so it's just exciting that it's back, and um, I'm looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be really competitive. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be a slugfest <laughs> all the way around. That is. So, Yep, so it's going to be fun. Real shit is back. Real shit is back, and I'm so happy. Tyler, let's give them uh, them some plugs one more time. Where can they find you? What are you working on? What's the deal? Got anything you're trying to do on the the wires or on the trade lines, man? Let them know. Um, I... I'm I'm kind of just chilling right now. I'm going to see how my team goes for the first few weeks. Yeah, man. And then I, I really like my team right now i just i just pray everyone stays healthy which i know is not going to happen so you know you never know maybe it's fear for health for some of these guys uh please (laughs) where could these folks find you if they want to reach you in between episodes y'all know y'all can text me anytime um hit me on twitter and uh i just started an instagram actually yeah for your sports cards Yep, yep. I'm really big into the sports card scene. Um, so no pictures of like me or my dogs or anything. It's just going to be sports cards. But uh, yeah, if you ever want to check that out, um, my name on there, I've already forgotten it, is <laughs> I think you could just search. You can just search Peppa Jack's cards and find it. Yeah, Peppa Jack's cards. So yeah, hit me up on there sometime. Some good shit on there. Some real shit. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> well, uh, and if you are interested in following along with the the fabled foibles of my life, you can do so on Twitter at Drew is okay. I have an Instagram. It's pretty stupid. I don't post very much. Uh, and of course, if you're in the league, you can text me. If not, I would love to hear from you on Twitter. Uh, Tyler, I don't want to leave on a cliffhanger, but eventually I think you may be able to catch some more of Drew in written and audio form in another place. Oh, what? Negotiations are ongoing. Hell yeah, son. So we will see what happens down the road. But the road is so long, and it is late, and Waverpalooza is nearly upon us. So... On behalf of my dear friend Tyler Jackson, I am Drew Wheeler, and this has been Season 3, Episode 1. The Real Shit Baseball Podcast is rolling along, guys. We're happy to have you on the ride. Tyler, wave them out and tell them goodbye. We'll see y'all next week. Peace out. Guys, real quick PS from Drew. 
uh, in the editing process. I need to give a quick shout out to uh, my man, Joaquin Karud, for the new intro song, Fresh Start. Uh, gotta give credit to Mallory Wheeler, our uh, our lady in the booth. Gotta give credit to Cody Bellinger. That is the crack of the bat that you heard in the opening song. Guys, I was really hyped for this song. Gotta give some creds where they're due. Thank you all so much for your work. Thank you.